Uh, hi, uh, welcome back to the From Grief to Greatness podcast. My name is Gerard and I am here with Christy and John. Hi, I'm Christy. Hi, I'm John. So we've gotten through a number of episodes and we've heard my story and John's story. So today we're going to get started with Christy's and uh, I'm not going to take up any of your time, Christy. I'm going to let you jump right in. Oh, thank you. So, wow, it's my turn. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I thought a while about where I was going to start because there are so many things that have gotten me to where I am today. Um, so I just figured I'd start at the beginning. Um, so I am the firstborn. I was an only child for two years before my brother came. Uh, and apparently, and I actually do remember a lot of, a lot of when I was young, I was born with, um, some kidney issues where I actually had to have surgery. Um, I was like running really high fevers a lot and, um, uh, like 103, 104, which is what prompted my mom to, to take me to the hospital. But I ended up actually having a corrective type of surgery, um, at the young age of like one and a half. So that's kind of, you know, interesting. It's always stayed with me. Um, but my mom was always there for me. You know, she, she never left my side and I would imagine she was only 22 at the time. So, um, she was pretty young as, as a first time mom and my dad, uh, with his business, he really wasn't home a lot. So it was kind of like she was the mom and the dad. And that was the way it was throughout most of our lives. Um, so then after that, um, we actually, you know, my brother was born and we just needed more room. So we moved uh, into a different part of, of the city and we met what now I call my aunt and cousins, but we became very close to a family next door, which again was good because she was a single mom and my mom was basically like a single mom because my dad was never there. Um, so, you know, we were always at the pool and playing and we had a really good time. And we would even do Christmases together, just sometimes Friday nights together, wrestling when we thought it was real, you know, we would watch all that together. Mm -hmm. Um, it was very exciting. Yeah, it was yeah. real too for a while. <laughs> yeah, so did I. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big Dusty fans road, so. Uh, dusty yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was fun. And, um, you know, those are some, you know, of, of the most fun memories I remember being real little. Um, and then my dad actually got transferred in his job. So we had to move away. And, and we're from Florida. You know, we're from Tampa. So we had to leave all of our family and we weren't very happy about it. It was really hard um, because I was really close to my grandmother, you know, um, an aunt and uncle and, and a bunch of cousins. But, you know, you can't really argue with your dad and something like that. So we went to Orlando for a couple of years, which was pretty much insignificant. Atlanta, then we moved to actually Marietta, which is right outside of Atlanta's is kind of where the fun begins. So um, we moved up there. Um, I think I started the, th the third grade there. But um, we really did 
really put down roots. Uh, we loved it there. We made really good friends with, you know, some kids in the neighborhood. Um, but again, my dad was not there a lot. Like he was pretty much gone Monday through Friday and only there on the weekends. So, and, and to be honest with you at that point in our lives, um, my dad had a really quick temper. And so, you know how kids are, we do things that irritate our parents. Um, he would, he would get really mad at us a lot. And, and when he did, you know, you know, it's funny because he played football in high school, but he would come after us and he was a scary guy. I mean, he was like six foot and, and pretty stocky and a real deep voice. So he was kind of intimidating. Both my brother and I were both scared of him. So, you know, we kind of walk around on eggshells around him. That's how, that's how the household was, you know, all, all the way through growing up. Um, and as I got to be a teenager, uh, we all know how much fun girls are at the age of like 13 and 14. They're just nightmares. <laughs> what a blast. Oh, God. So I don't blame it all on them because mm -hmm. I know I was just a handful or two. And my dad and I just argued a lot, a lot. Like we couldn't agree on anything. Um, my mom would try to be the mediator and, you know, it, it it was just a real challenging time because also my mom and my dad, they argue a lot. And I mean, not just little discussions. I'm talking full blown out yelling and screaming in the house, you know, um, which is kind of scary for, for little kids, you know, um, you don't want to see your parents or hear them like that, but you know, that's just the way it was in our family. So you know, my brother and I were very close. We're like best friends. We would play. Um, we both kind of had like, we'd have friends that there's a brother and a sister and we'd be friends with them and go play over there and that kind of thing. Um, so as time went on, uh, we lived there for about five years. Mm -hmm. And uh, my best friend, I, I was there every day, you know, um, we would do sleepovers, make pizza, you know, all that girl stuff. Well, this one evening we were um, playing down in the basement and um, we we're playing hide and go seek actually and with her dad. And I guess he had been drinking and was inappropriate towards me, we'll say. So um, that, I think I was nine at the time, eight or nine, oh, that's pretty young. Um, and to be honest with you, it, it really scared me. And I kind of froze. I didn't know what to do. I didn't tell my friend, but when I got home, if you know me, you know, I have a very big mouth and I told my mom right away. Um, I don't know what she did. If anything at all, it did happen one more time with him. And I told on him again, and then after that, he apologized, and it didn't ever happen again. Well, it shouldn't have happened in the first place, but irregardless. So shortly after that, we actually got the opportunity. We were either going to move to South Carolina or Tampa. So obviously, we decided to come back to Tampa. 
And um, at this point, I was almost 13. And we stayed at the beach for the whole summer because our house wasn't ready being built. And again, my dad, of course, wasn't with us, but <laughs> um, my mom was. And this is kind of where things started taking a not so good turn in my life. Um, and I think it's because, you know, moving from somewhere where I had, a, I was really happy and had a lot of close friends and then coming back to Tampa, I didn't know anybody. So I'd have to start junior high. Like even the school systems were different. I had to start at the bottom of the chain where I was in the middle up there. Um, I was, you know, kind of scared. And, um, that summer, I actually began to experience, I believe now, was my first signs of, of depression because I, um, I was self-destructive. Mm -hmm. I would, um, this one night I, I carved into my arm a couple oh. times, like cut it a couple times. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, just because I was just so... I don't know why I, I was just so scared and I felt alone and I was going through all those changes and I just, you know, and then on top of that, you know, at the beach that summer, um, the man that I knew to be my grandfather, who really is a step grandfather, but to me, he was the only one I ever knew. He as well was inappropriate with me. That's my grandfather. That's not something that you should ever expect or, um, you know, I don't know. It's just nothing that should ever happen, but it did. And um, that really upset me and it, and it scared me. And then it made me think that there was something wrong with me. So, of course, I told my mom. My mom confronted him and I can say with absolute no doubt whatsoever, my mom had my back and <laughs> he Good. tried to, to, yeah, he tried to turn it around on me and say, oh, I know you just moved here and you're sensitive right now and you're going through a lot. No, no, that like insinuating that I was making this up. Yeah. I'm not a liar. I don't make things up especially something like, how would I even know to make something like that up? Right, right. I mean, my gosh. So anyway, yeah, my mom pretty much shredded him. And um, ironically, the entire family, except for my mom <laughs> and maybe my brother, disassociated themselves with me. Um, for instance, like my favorite uncle, which is my dad's brother, he would... Um, this one time he sent a formal invitation to our house for them to come over to dinner. And they invited my mom, my dad, and my brother did not invite me. I was 14. I mean, that's what you're going to do to your niece. I, like I'm the victim, you know, but see that kind of thing made me think there was something wrong with me. Like, do I have a target on my forehead? And and why are they not talking to me? Did I do something wrong? I thought I was doing the right thing by speaking out, um, but it sure didn't feel like it, you know? I felt, I felt very rejected and uh, ashamed, even though I shouldn't have. 
But I didn't know that then. No, you were too young to know that. Yeah, I, I couldn't understand what was happening. And as a result of that, um, I just, I began to act out. I would talk back to the teachers, uh, not do my homework, skip, skip a class, you know, that kind of thing, or skip a day, whatever. And then I, I uh, met this girl in a neighborhood and I think I said I was 13 at the time. Um, she introduced me to marijuana, 13 years old. Yeah. And I was like, why not? And, you know, like I said, I didn't have any friends at that point because I had just moved into our house. So she was like, she became my best friend. But um, it was not a healthy relationship at all because she and I would drink, we would smoke, we would skip school. Um, we got caught. And then at, at that point, we got caught and were told we couldn't associate with each other. Um, so we decided to run away, mm. took a tent, pitched it in the woods, lasted about a day and a half. Well, but you did it for real though. <laughs> we did. The only reason we didn't last longer is because somehow we poked a hole in the bottom of the, <laughs> the tent and it rained. <laughs> oh, and so everything started. Yeah. But you know, we're two girls. What do you want? Right. But yeah. <laughs> hey, look, I'm impressed in the way that you did it. <laughs> we even slept. We, we just woke up. We're like, good. hey, is it wet down here for you? <laughs> oh, running away. You Ooh, and it was it was woods in the neighborhood, like across the street from our house. But they were, you know, congested. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that yeah. that was that. We came back, um, and they were just so upset that we were gone. You know, yada yada. Um, and I guess um, at that point, yes, we, we stopped talking. We weren't allowed to be, be seen or talk, talking together at school. Like there were spies everywhere. Just kidding. Mm -hmm. It was my guidance counselor, Kim. <laughs> but she kept a real close eye. Like she would, um, every one of my classes, she would, on the speaker, is Christy Flores in? Yes. Okay, thank you. That's it. Mm -hmm. She just okay. wanted to make sure I was there. Um, I love that woman. But... Um, so as you can well imagine, my, my dad and I, uh, we did not get along at all, especially with what happened with my grandfather, because that's his mom's husband. Yeah. And that would be husband number four. And he was nice, I guess. But when that happened, it, it caused a really big rift in the family. And, and between he and his mom, they didn't even speak for two years. So that was my fault um, as they saw it. So after that, I um, unfortunately made a series of, of bad decisions. Um, one being my, my daughter's father. It's when I met him in, in junior high and, and I ran away with him. And we stayed gone for months, like three months, four months, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I got into some, um, some more self-destructive behavior. And, um, you know, it's funny that even though I ran away, I would call my mom like once or twice a week <laughs> on a pay phone. Hmm. That's how old I am. Yeah. But um, I did. I missed her. I love my mom. Yeah. And, um, and we would talk and she wouldn't judge me. She would just talk to me. Like a person. <laughs> yeah. It's the way it should be. Yeah. 
Like I felt like my, my dad and my brother hated me. And, um, but she never did. So anyway, um, I decided after a while that I just wanted to come home. I think I just realized that I, I, I couldn't live that way. And, and living that way, I wasn't going to live very long. Um, and I, I just wanted, you know, to try to do better and, and make something of my life. You know, I, I, never, I, I never understood why I was acting out like that. It was almost as if I was out of control mm-hmm. of myself. So, of course, you know, um, oh, did I fail to mention that I have been in therapy this entire time, like since that time in Atlanta? Yeah. Um, so I did begin therapy at the age of eight-ish. Wow. I so know. young. It is. And I'm still in therapy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's good, though. It's, it's really good wow. because at least you have an unbiased party that can listen to you and not not judge you and And that it's your mom correct a very important figure yes and um i i don't think that i know that i wouldn't be where i am today without my mom and and that's why my love for her is so strong and and it'll never waver Mm -hmm. um so um i guess at this point i should wrap it up Okay. Um, yeah, because yeah, there's the a next lot chapter. There. Right. There's, yeah, a, there's lot a lot there. there to dig into. Right. So, um, yeah, that, that's pretty much my, my teenage years in a nutshell. So. Um, okay. That's, hmm. yeah, yeah, that's a lot to, that's complex. a lot to go through. And I'm, I'm, you know, wondering, you know, you think about how kids, uh, you know, they, they can, of course, tend to blame their parents for the inner turmoil that they go through due to, you know, the changes in their lives that, mm-hmm. you know, especially when it's something, uh, you know, like uh, you said, you, you moved a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you ever have any uh, uh, contempt towards your, your father for the moving and also for not being around as much as you needed him to be? Absolutely. Yeah. A lot for the moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, with him not being around, to be honest with you, it seemed nor- it was like a normal thing, so it didn't bother me until I got a little older, and I was kind of like, "Why is my dad never here?" Like, yeah. you know, um, because sometimes I mean, he wasn't always a jerk. He was he was like one of the funniest people <laughs> I've ever met. Yeah. I swear to you, like he would play pranks on me. Yeah, you know, well, you've got like a great sense of humor. I would think. Oh, you were thank you. Too. Yeah, that's my dad, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he was a trip and he was, he was a very, um, his sense of humor is similar to ours, like very random mm-hmm. and sometimes corny and just mm-hmm. off the wall. He's hysterical. <laughs> oh my God. And so, yeah, as I got older, I, I, I think I craved that. I wanted my dad Yeah. and I don't think it's good for a, a, a daughter to grow up without their dad. No, yeah, you know, I because my I didn't have that present in my life. You know, mm-hmm. while my parents were, you know, I mean, they're always around. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing that I just wanted to ask you about, and mm-hmm. I want to have John uh, get in on this too. Uh, how, how did you fill that void of his absence? How do you think you uh, like? What did you was just like you know behaviors that you got into, or any you know hobbies, anything like that, or I mean, well, any way that you 
entertained yourself and kept yourself distracted from it in some way and yeah. back on it? Definitely. Um, my biggest enjoyment, freedom, escape was music. I, I love music. I had tons of albums that I would listen to, um, on my little record player, (laughs) (laughs) but, and, and headphones, you remember the big headphones that with the, Oh yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that was me. Even at night when I went to bed, I would put the the radio on with the headphones and just jam out. But I mean, Mm -hmm. that, that was my biggest, um, escape was music and reading. Oh yeah, but music first, mm-hmm. reading second. Okay, I, cool. I, yeah, it was great. I I couldn't have. Um, I really feel like music got me through so much. Productive, uh, enjoy, enjoyable, uh, enjoyable ways of filling a void. Correct. Yes. Johnny, uh, what what you got on your end? Yeah, I wrote down. I, I might be stepping on the uh, your second part of, of your story by asking this question. That's but, okay. Um, okay. How, how did the uh, these you know horrific inappropriate contact um, incidents did they affect your uh, future relationship with men? <laughs> yeah. Well, well yeah. that's like a whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, on its own. Yes, because a giggle about it, but right. Well, hey, it's better than crying about it. Right. So they there were more which I would get into in part two. Oh, geez. Um, oh yeah. Oh, you know, it, it'll blow your mind. It blew mine. Um, hence the reason I'm probably um, stayed in therapy all those years. But um, I think that it, I mean, looking back, I'm, I'm guessing that I chose just the wrong type of man. Like, because that's abuse. Yeah. And the men that I had been with up to this point, obviously, have all been in some way abusive. Not now the first the first one, he was he was a little violent, um, but not not to me. Like the one time he he actually punched a wall, a hole in the wall right next to my face. I told him, you have two weeks, you're sleeping on the couch and you're out because I won't tolerate that. Scary. Yeah, that is scary. And and I had just had a baby. Oh, wow. You're gonna oh, wow. punch a hole in the wall right next to my face. Oh. So I'm like, no, mm-mm. And oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I don't care. Um, but yeah, I haven't had much success in that area because my my choice of men has been how <laughs> can you say tragically <laughs> skewed? I, I you, you <laughs> no, I mean like that's yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, it, I, yeah it's no, very common. Yeah. yeah. It's so common. Yeah. You know, until you can get a, a healthy mindset of who you really are and your, your own worth, you're not going to go for the right kind of man, you know, or boy right. in, in most of these instances. So, yeah, yeah that, that, it played a pretty big part, I'd say. Boy, that was a long answer. <laughs> Well, good. I mean, geez, it's so it's so complicated. It is. There's just so many facets. And it's just, uh, John. Uh, John, did you have any uh, other no questions or comments? Uh, I just had one other thing. Uh, you know, just uh, going back to the family members uh, that had disassociated with you. What today? 
would you say to those people? <laughs> well, it's funny you should ask. Mm -hmm. So my uncle, the one I told you, that's my dad's brother. He's, he's kind of not doing too good. Yeah. And I love him. Sure. Even though he did that, mm -hmm. it, and it really hurt me. Mm -hmm. I still love him and my aunt a lot. Yeah. So maybe about a year and a half ago, I, you know, invited myself over for dinner. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, because, you know, I'd really like to talk to you. Okay. And I directly told him that with what happened to me with mm -hmm. grandpa and the way that he treated me, it really hurt me deeply. Like yeah. I felt so rejected from him and that he would um, invite my brother and family over and leave me out. Mm. That's mean. That is mean. And um, I don't even know if he remembered or not. I I'm sure he did. But let me tell you, this man who was bigger than my dad, deeper voice than my dad, he's a very intimidating, he's a teddy bear. Yeah. He cried. Yeah. He just... And he, and we were eating dinner at the time. He stood up, came over to me and just hugged me and said, I'm so sorry. Oh. He said, I love you so much. Oh. And I'm so sorry that that happened, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I felt that at that point, um, we were able to clear the air, but I was the one, I, I, Hey, it's okay. I'll, I'll, you know, be the one, the bigger person to open that up. But right. it's important to me to have, those relationships like cleared, like if something happened to him, I wouldn't want to have been in the position where we were still right, not talking. Right. Okay. I'd like to mend things, you know? Okay. So that's what you, you, you feel the need to do all you can to try to repair something that got broken from a long time ago that you didn't break. Uh, yeah. You know? So that's you are correct. a very big person for trying to, to put that whole, that whole situation mm. with any, Thank and you. all of those people on the mend. Thank you. I appreciate that. Wow, that's that. just amazing that you would, you know, not just never kind of keep them, them at an arm's length at mm -hmm. least, you know, for, for the rest. I mean, because there are a lot of people mm -hmm. uh, that, that would do that, which is, hey, look, if that's the way you treated uh, the situation, mm -hmm. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Yeah, and I but can man, understand. You're, just, you're coming at people still from a place of love. I... And that's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Especially coming from someone that got, you know, uh, forgotten about in <laughs> that way. Well, I, I'm a firm believer in peace and love. Yeah. I was born in 1970, so I'm kind of <laughs> at heart. <laughs> and I, I'm all about it. You know, yeah. that's how I feel. I, I would wow. rather make peace than there be strife. Mm -hmm. You know? I hear you. I guess somebody's got to do it, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a great way to move from grief to um, acceptance, you know, by, by reaching out like that. I exactly. think that's something that yeah. our generation does right. that the past generation doesn't like you talked about Jar. they hold grudges and uh, they, they say, you know, you're right. dead to us and we don't that want to talk to you anymore. And our generation is more forgiving. Yes. It's yeah. more willing to talk to people and more willing yes. to um, uh, engage and to not hold lifelong grudges. And I know yeah. my mother does that too. We have mm -hmm. so many people in our families. It's like, we just don't oh, talk boy. to them and, and never you're going to talk to them. Yeah. Really? You know, and I say, you know, yeah. these are your relatives. This is family. You, you have to make an right. effort. Yeah. And like, and you, you made an effort mm -hmm. and you made a breakthrough, you know, and that's a wonderful yeah. thing. I, you know, I have, I have tears in my eyes. Just it was wonderful. picturing that moment. Mm. Yeah. Me. You know, thank sure. you. It was, yes. it was very moving. Mm. I'm, 
you know, I don't know. I, I'm really a shy. I know you may not believe me, but I am a very shy person. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm kind of I get nervous with confrontational situations. But, you know, he's that important to me that I really wanted to. To do because I missed him, mm-hmm. you know, I love I loved him and and I still love him, obviously, but. um yeah, I'm kind of a little, um, when I make my mind up, that's it. I'm doing it, you know. Yeah, now, there yeah. have been, like, an aunt I have. I've tried to reach out to her. Mm-hmm. Um, I did nothing to warrant her turning her back on me, so I don't yeah. know where. But I've reached out to her several times, and um, she does not respond at all, so I've let her go. And yeah. that, and I'm okay with that because I did everything I could. You tried. Yeah. yeah. I, I did a lot more than I most people would. Yeah, you can only go. You can only go so far. You can yeah, only you can't do so twist much. these people's it's arms. True. Yeah. No. no, you can't. Mm-mm. Wow. Well, what what a what a start to your story. And you know, John, uh, if you've got anything else you want to throw in, go right ahead. I'll. Uh, I'll, I'll uh, uh, sit no, back I'm for good. A second. You've uh, pretty much covered things I wanted to ask. Good. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> good. All right. I mean, that's just uh, what an example of, you know, going from grief to greatness. I mean, this is just the first part of Christy's story. And Christy, I, I, I commend you. I honor you for being such a strong person, such a wonderful, strong woman. I hope that everyone that's listening, especially the women that listen to this, that realize that if they've gone through something like that, it's not their fault. They yes. are not without value. That's and right. they can rise above all of that Absolutely. stuff and make better choices in their lives mm-hmm. and have better a better outcome Absolutely. In, in their futures. So Anything you. that you want to change, you can. Right. You just have to decide to do it. No, thank you. I appreciate right. you I listening to me. So, all right, we're going to wrap up this podcast. Uh, the first part of Christy's story has been completed, and we'll get back to it on the next podcast. So thank you to all of our listeners. And uh, as I will always tell you, just please stick with us because we've got some pretty, uh, pretty strong stuff to deliver here. And uh, we're going to go well beyond just what our stories are all about once we've completed Christie's. And we're going to get into a lot of really great stuff that we hope can be of uh, great help to anyone who's listening. So thank you very much, everyone. And keep on moving from grief to greatness. And we'll talk to you again next time. Bye.